Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Like everything that's known for growth marketing as those tactics may go obsolete in just a couple of years time because like it may you know uh some let's say there's now you know chat gpt ai stuff uh you know there is now TikTok, like which you've never heard before so like uh, the median change like everything can change all of a sudden so the adaptation and then like you know is uh, becomes vital and once you adapt you're actually playing the same game. You're working with data, understanding what sells and trying to implement, you know, more of that. That's actually can be applied to popcorn stand or just to apply to a, you know, huge corporation like Microsoft, Google, whatever you can think of. How does growth marketing work in a service-based business where there's not a lot of data information? How, you know, if, if somebody's a, you know, uh, a fractional COO, say, of a manufacturing company or something, how would they apply growth marketing to their their business? So if if our listeners are, are saying, it's like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, this Beluga is really smart. I need to start doing some of this stuff. What, as they're starting to implement growth marketing in their businesses, what are some of the common mistakes you've seen businesses ha- make? when they started to try going down the growth marketing uh, uh, road and then how do they avoid them? All right, I am super excited about this show because we're going to dive into a really cool topic uh, and we're going to talk all about marketing and specifically growth marketing and what it is and how we can utilize it to grow our businesses and why it's a term that we actually need to know. And, And Donnie and I, Neither had actually heard of it before we started prepping for the show. So we brought on a guest who is an expert in this and is going to totally be able to teach us and help us integrate this into our business. So Balut, uh, welcome. Uh, We are excited to have you on the show. Well, it's great pleasure to be here. I was looking forward to this. Awesome. So uh, I want to start off with a question just to really set the stage so everyone understands what we're talking about. What is growth marketing and how is it different from what people normally think about when they hear the term marketing? Yeah, well, it's uh, I think that's the quest. That's the question that I get uh, when I tell someone what I do. So it's actually um, in any SaaS business, like anything on Internet is just what they do is growth marketing, not marketing. Marketing is 
you know, from broader sense is actually dead if you, you know, take my perspective uh, for a second. So just think well, about it. I want to like, make sure I heard that. So everybody yeah. can get that. You just said marketing is dead. All yeah. right. Continue. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we are going to yeah. get emails now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like it's evolved into something we do today. So like, you know, you heard of four Ps, right? Product, price, promotion, place. Yeah. That yeah. used to be the norm. But like when that was the norm, the world was not as crowded as it is. Internet was not out there. So like if you had the budget, it was done. If you had good messaging, uh, you know, kind of someone's like famous, uh, good median, you were done. And like right now it's impossible because everybody has like, just think about it. You have, you can just spend millions of dollars in Google AdWords in the matter of just a couple of hours. So having a lot of money doesn't make you, you know, win markets. So that's actually where growth marketing comes in. It's marketing, you know, by the term, you know, like uh, focused on growth, but it's done uh, with a lot of experimentation and with data. So you test, you do a B test, you run, you know, analyze your funnel. You look at every single stage of the user funnel and understand what actually works and what doesn't improve your game, then you start pouring in money so that, you know, you can get returns. So that's growth marketing. How is that different than, than AB testing or data analytics or all the things that I did growing up around the marketing world? Yeah. So these are actually, um, kind of, um, tools for establishing a proper growth marketing game. So growth marketing game is like, um, is fully relying on those, uh, techniques. That's how it's generally like the messaging, for example, just think about it. You could have a perfect messaging, a celebrity backed campaign and you have the budget and so forth. You can just go out there and like um, you'll be aiming uh, brand awareness, right? But like it might make no sense at all if you're a SaaS company because like you need people to, you know, come to your lending, sign up, try the product, come back again. So you need to have, like, um, if you take the world of marketing and combine with data science, it's actually what you get. So I think one of the big differences, as I listened to you, Balut, is, you know, the traditional marketing had the big marketing campaign, you know, the, you know, the Budweiser, Clydesdales, uh, the Doritos, they all had specific marketing campaigns they launched that were designed to drive sales for their products. You know, when you're looking at growth marketing, especially in the tech world, you know, the marketing doesn't stop when someone hits the trial button. You know, you're now looking at, all right, so how do we convert that trial? You know, what are the, how do we have to communicate with them during that trial period to make sure they're using the product? How do we get them to, to be more engaged and actually create things so that they, when the, when now they have to give me money, they're like, oh yeah, this actually works really well. So I I think there's a lot of that where it's the, the uh, iteration and the AB testing is done at much more at a detailed level than standard marketing ever used to. You know, standard marketing so, would do a big A-B test on... Perfectly put, by the way. Yeah, perfectly put. Yeah. So, so really quick, just to make sure, because I'm sure some of our listeners are sitting in the same thought process I am, is, is growth marketing only kick in after they've engaged or is it the entire process beforehand? Because I still don't fully understand the separation between... What I've always looked at is marketing yeah. and, and the different growth marketing because, I mean, 
with anything, you're going to test, try, you're going to throw a lot of information at, you're going to need a lot of data. You're going to move and adjust based on results. So, so break it down more big bird style for me. So I can fully wrap my head around this. Yeah, yeah. So Donnie's a Marine. Way, if, if you can drop pictures with yeah. crayons, he'll like that. Uh, so, yeah, I'll try to, you know, pull back my uh, whiteboard. So by the way, Kevin, that was, that was is a perfect explanation. So see uh, Donnie. We, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's something to learn from Kevin for all of us. So, right. um, yeah. Um, like we, like from where we look at it, traditional marketing ends uh, when, you know, uh, when the user gets to meet with the brand, that's from where we look at it. But from growth marketing, like the, um, there is a lot, like it's mainly, um, it's much more plausible when it's done in a SaaS world and tech world. Like, you know, just let it be, I mean, it could be e-commerce, it could be an app like Uber, it could be Facebook, whatever. But, you know, uh, there needs, it needs to be done over internet so that you would have the capability of measurement. But just, uh, I really like to put this example. So it's not like only, uh, so it doesn't start when the user hits the sign up button, for example, and then, you know, uh, the, the steps following that is not only covered by that, but like it's, it covers the entire process of the user journey. So uh, there are different, uh, you know, um, let's say uh, methods, tactics that you can apply. For example, just think about this. So um, you never end up like start your um, search of a shoe, right? With like some exact brand on your mind if you didn't, you know, previously purchase from that brand. Or like if you're buying headphones, like every, uh, you know, you probably purchased an headphone. I, I see that you purchased some head headphones. Yeah. So I did so. <laughs> this doesn't come with iPhone, right? So like, uh, you know, back in the day, iPhone used to come with their, you know, cable uh, headphones, they were terrible, so you started to search for something. So that search, the initial search, like you, for example, you end up buying a particular brand, let's say. Um, it's not, the you know, that's just the last step. The initial step starts by you searching online, like, you know, what's better than this? Where can I buy this? What are the alternatives? Uh, from where I can buy this thing? And, you know, ask your friend, whatever, you know. All of this is parts of the user journey. So you have different tools yep. to attack user, you know, through that funnel. So this is the part where, you know, it's, you know, just um, think about it uh, as a funnel, right? So marketing, traditional marketing does a great job uh, targeting that part that I mentioned uh, with messaging, with, you know, uh, display ads, branding, whatever, so you can ever think of. So in the growth, um, you know, uh, funnels that we call, for example, um, there is one that's really famous, like called AARRR. You might have just heard it, but if you can just Google it, it'll just pop up. It's called uh, Pirate Metrics because of, you know, R you know, comes from there. <laughs> Fair so enough. This is only covered, like um, the first A, meaning the awareness part only covering what I what I've spoken till now, but after that, like for example, you you you're aware that you have a problem. Then there is the acquisition stage, another A, in the well. So you came up with a brand, and then you know visit their website. So generally, in the traditional uh, marketing journey, uh, the journey ends there. You hit sign up, and it's it, it, and ends there. 
But if you go into tech world, there's also a completely different journey that starts after you hit the sign up button. So you need to become an active user. So this is a completely different journey. So when, and like, uh, when you're an active user, it's not enough still. You need to become a retained user. You need to come back again and again because everything is provided with a freemium approach. So finally after that, you'll be able to, you know, pay the company and comes the final R. So looking at, you know, all these stages in tunnel vision, setting metrics, you know, uh, setting up metrics for each of them, um, doing a lot of experimentation for each step, like transition of steps. This is actually growth marketing. So then you understand what works. All right. I finally wrapped my head around that. Um, and I got it somewhere along. You know, once upon a time, we, when I worked for a company called Cardinal Health, we did a huge ad campaign where we had all of our logos and stuff put inside the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team stadium. So people, if they saw the logo, may go to the stores that we were trying to get to them. But that's where traditional marketing stopped because now they're in the stores, mission yes. accomplished, right? Growth marketing exactly. is taking that step and then going, okay, cool. What's yes. the next purchase? What's the next purchase? What's the next? How do we get them coming back and back and back? So my question is, I understand it really hardcore in the SaaS side of things, right? Because there's a lot of data that you're able yeah. to capture off somebody, especially if they're online. How does growth marketing work in a service-based business where there's not a lot of data information? How, you know, if, if somebody's a, you know, uh, a fractional COO, say, of a manufacturing company or something, how would they apply growth marketing to their their business? Yeah. So, like, data is vital, but, like, depth of data is, you know, something, you know, completely different chapter. So, like, you don't, like, the more you know about the customer, the better, because, you know, you need to be making, um, you know, a lot of data-centric um, decisions because like generally uh, when you're applying this type of marketing it's you know you have a huge funnel for example you know in job form for example we have like I don't know 20 million people coming there so like you cannot handle everyone one by one but if you right. like if you based on what you ask me say that I have only 10 customers right like you know in a month of time so just ask like you might have seen uh, um, um, while you're filling a contact sales form there is something like, where did you heard about us? Where did you right. hear about us? So this is kind of an introduction to it. So like you're asking customer that data question, actually, you know, where did you hear about me? So that, you know, I can spend more money down there. And then, you know, let's say um, you have 10 customers that you sell to a hundred of them coming in every month and you end up selling it to 10 of those. So you just uh, ask them, you know, where did you hear about me? And then, like, if you see there's a spike in one of those things, you may just end up spending more money the following month. And if you have, like, instead of 100 people, 200 people coming. And then instead of 10, 15 are coming in. That's pretty much, you know, in a very basic sense, you're applying the same thing. So how do we do that then on volume? So so getting their information, like how you heard of us, is one way to collect data. How else can we collect data to be able to evaluate and make bigger and better marketing decisions? Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, a lot of tools out there. It's actually, uh, you know, data analytics, web analytics become a sector of its own. So, for example, like uh, my initial recommendation, like you need to have some third-party tools 
you know, in place. And much of them are, you know, many of them are actually free of charge. So like you can just, for example, Google Analytics is kind of a must. There are alternatives to it, like paid version, you know, paid solutions like Hotjar, Full Story, which can give you some further data. But there has not been a single company in tech world, not even tech world, like I can say somewhere with a website that doesn't have Google Analytics. So that, you know, it gives you, uh, you know, you know, there are data uh, um, privacy issues that then they, they they cannot give you uh, much in depth detail, but it can give you can cre- help you create very easy uh, funnels that you can you know if, if that's only on your website, and if that's you know if you have a product in the back that's a web based product, or just assume that you have a shopping cart that you sell, I don't know, like um, coffee online, right? Not not a high tech thing. Uh, but like you can still tune uh, like tools like Google Analytics or like Yandex has some free versions to different stages of your shopping cart so that you can understand where does people drop, where does people come from, or like can make you know more complex decisions like um, you know um, um, people coming from let's say uh, ads that I put on Instagram drop uh, you know more in the second stage of my funnel than the guys coming from Facebook then try to understand why, you know. Hey, Donnie Bovin here, CEO of Success Champions Networking. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. I think, you know, thinking about some of the like the coaches and consultant types that we work with, Donnie, that are setting up their membership, you know, communities now, hmm. you know, I, I think that is a big source of data for them, you know, uh, and as I'm thinking about ours with SCN online, you know, what is our growth marketing strategy once a new member uh, accesses our online community? You know, what are our steps of how are we integrating them? You know, when we did the Facebook group, we did growth marketing. We had the onboarding sequence. So it was like, all right, go tell us about this. Now go click on this thing. And, you know, and we were able to see who was active and who wasn't in the back end of that, mm-hmm. that group. I think for, you know, people, especially in the coaching consulting world, that want to do that type of membership area to grow their audience and get away from the big, you know, uh, Facebook meta boogeyman, understanding how to, yeah, uh, they are, you, you know, uh, but they're a business. They're out to make money. Uh, that's that's cool. No, nothing against that. But you know, they are uh, the back ends of those membership tools that they're using are going to be a huge area where they can get some data and they'll be able to see you know who's posting. You know, these people haven't posted an SCN online at all. We need to do something to get them active. You know, these people are posting all the time, so they're you know how do we engage them to do other things other than just post. Um, so I think that's so, a way people can yeah, use growth I, I market agree. easily. And I'm I'm curious, oh. Blue, how when when you're starting to look at some of the different analytics and some of the data you can get your hand on, oh. what kind of things 
outside of, you know, where'd you come from? You know, that initial question, what are we looking for? So, so, you know, just in our case, we have an online community where all of our members hang out. And so we get a lot of data on the back end on their actions and the things that, that they're doing and, or not doing what things should we be looking at to drive I'm going to say first engagement because engagement in a community like that is huge, but to uh, uh, drive them wanting to be on the platform more, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, for example, if I were your con- consultant, right, uh, the initial thing that I would look into is, the, you know, on this, trying to understand the attributes by attributes, what I mean, like their demographic information, their sources, what they did, their actions, every single piece of data that I can get my hands on and try to understand the engaged, you know, uh, the things that kind of separate the engaged people than the others. So there should be something, there should definitely be something that makes them, uh, you know, um, um, just think about a spider graph. Like you, you should have seen it in like, uh, you know, in, in some uh, PlayStation games, you know, you see like that. Yeah. The, this guy runs faster. So just, just think about it to make it easier. So there should be something spiking on these people. The important thing is, like, you know, that, that's where data comes into play. Like if you're looking into a very narrow data set, like for example, I can put it this way. We are all uh, male, right? If you only right. have data, that's it. But if you have, you know, if you, you know, uh, like Caucasian male, it still doesn't give any information. They are coming from all different parts of the world. So, like, it can go in, you know, deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually, we'll find something that makes us different from each other so that we behave differently. Like, so I'm assuming that you have all the data, but like, if your platform doesn't provide you with that, it, it might be a wider, you know, wise idea to change that platform or, like, you know, try to, you know, get more hands on the data. And assume that you you were able to find what makes that particular group different than the other, right? And then you come up like that's you mentioned uh, it was Kevin, you know, mentioning A/B tests is a great example. So so then you you you're able to come up with hypotheses. Assuming like all right, or or like just let me go back one more step. So you can just what you can do is uh, if you don't have the data, you can just interview the guys. Say, like, you find out, you know, 10 people who converted, you know, to whatever you want them to do, and you find out 10 that doesn't, and you just interview them. Just ask them questions, meet them, you know, arrange a Zoom call, and then ask them and try to understand, you know, what makes them different. And then you'll be like, if data is not there in your hand, then while asking your questions, you'll be able to learn them. And assume that you don't have data at all, right? Like, and you have a Facebook group, Facebook doesn't provide, I'm just assuming, and not too much intel, and like you just created two buckets of users, 10 one side, 10 the other. You ask them some questions, meet them one by one, and then, you know, it, it will give you some clue. Until it gives you a clue, you need to keep on meeting them. Then once you get the clue, then starts the A-B testing part. Then because like asking, you say, all right, like you come up with hypotheses of what could work, right? Then you say, all right, you say like, for example, that group that is engaged, seems to have taken an action uh, on my website in that parts of the website. And, you know, they did this particular thing. So you find it out, let's say, and then you come up with ideas that would actually boost that behavior. 
and then you you actually right now you're doing rope marketing you're setting an ab ab test and then you just pour more people there and see if they are actually uh, the control group you know uh treatment group that you've applied is behaving more like the group that you uh you know asked the questions and got the answers I hope that you know that was a it very does, long. It does. Part, no, like I hope this answers something. It, it, it actually does, and actually gave me an idea of things we can do inside of the things we're doing, such as a follow-up survey for anybody who visited one yeah. of our groups and and did not join. I'd love to find out the reasons behind that. So, so thank you for that. So now, what I'm thinking is, is we get all these small business owners that listen to the show, and you know, a lot of them are already confused with, I've got to do marketing. Now people are talking Facebook ads. Now they're talking Google ads. They're talking about all these different things. Yeah. And now we got yeah. a guy talking about this whole growth marketing strategy. They can barely wrap their head around, you know, marketing yeah. in general, put it in a big yeah. box of advertising as a whole, you know, um, um, how does a small business start to really implement an overall growth mi- growth marketing mindset is that the right way of putting it or maybe mar- I mean, the two yeah. ultimately to a strategy yeah i mean if, if you search uh you know if you try to do an analysis you know search or your research on you know google uh you won't get you will get that like you know growth marketing is you know completely applied on tech world but the mindset as you put it i you know uh, i really like how you put it mindset can be applied to anywhere Anyway, it could not, you know, it, it can't even be in, you know, offline business. It could be something brick and mortar, you know, I don't know, like uh, it could be just a food stand somewhere uh, in a shopping mall. All you have to do is, you know, the mindset comes from this. You need to learn about your customer, who pays you and what makes them happy and learn about what brought them, you know, in your uh, shop, you know, whatever you're selling. This is, you know, this is very critical. Like, assume I'll, I'll give you, I'll try to give you a very off example. Assume, assume that you're selling bagels in a shopping mall, in, in you know, in somewhere in a corner, right? Uh, there's actually a particular type of people probably coming at you, and there's probably some spike times. Uh, there are something happening when the days that you're making higher returns. It's actually something happening. It's because there's an anomaly. It's probably. A sale downstairs or like i don't know maybe they're just going to theaters to watch a movie and so on so you need to understand right you know why they are buying from you and you know what you know uh, kind of um, um uh, what is the buying person how do you describe this guy so like if for example if you're selling popcorn and in the you know in the premiere days of some movies it's jumping up it makes you know it just gives you that all right if there were more movies I could have made more money. So as the popcorn guy, can you make more movies? No, but maybe you can go out there and make a campaign with those, you know, uh, movie theaters and try to offer some discount or like, you know, just uh, put your ads within a mall, you know, just next to the places where the, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, um, um, the theater advertising is shown, but, you know, not to anywhere else. Or create your own damn screening night where you put up your own freaking projector and play movies, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like what I'm trying to say is like you need to understand your customer, you know, and then learn the entire journey. That's Then it's experimenting can be done anywhere. Is it kind of like a cause and effect? I mean, just based off of that scenario, right? So because this is happening, it's causing this to happen. Is that really where you're getting at? 
Yes, and but you need to understand it by changing some attributes. Like you cannot just say, all right, I mean, that's happening because of that. And then you need to test it mm. if the otherwise is working. Or like, you know, just for example, if, the, you know, just think about the uh, movie theater popcorn thing. You know, I don't know, just uh, if that's the reason that's making it rise, just, you know, try to do a discount on a day or like try to do a run a campaign uh, with a movie theater or just try to, you know, target uh, people who are interested in movies on Facebook about your, you know, uh, you know, popcorn scent. That's kind of an off example, but like it can give you some <laughs> yeah. clue. Well, well, I'm, popcorn fan, right? <laughs> I, I'm glad you asked that, Donnie, because actually I had a really similar question going through my head. One of the classes I, I was really good at, like one of the few math classes I was really good at in college was statistics. And there's this yeah. whole concept of correlation and causation. And you can have uh, stats that correlate, you know, this goes up. And so then this one goes up too, yeah. but doesn't mean there's actual causation. That's not the cause of yes. it. So how do you, how should business owners, as they're starting to collect all this data and they're starting to see, oh, if this happens, we're going to get more clients. How do they actually prove the causation piece? And that, that yeah. it's not just a correlated thing. Cause you, uh, people in the, in the main street, in the in the world in general right now are throwing out all kinds of stats and saying this is that causing this and all that stuff i'm like is, they, i don't think they understand the difference in the words yeah. so how does a business get make sure they don't get stuck thinking knowing that something's you know seeing two stats like, and and making correlation and just assuming that that's a cause effect mm -hmm. yeah. relationship yeah actually you give it like uh, uh I had an MBA, so my final thesis was on forecasting iron and uh, iron prices. So that's kind of an area that I developed into. And like that's, you know, you will never in any business, even if you're Google or Microsoft, whatever, you will never have such granular understanding of what works because it's impossible. But there is a perfect solution. For you. you need to, businesses need to be pragmatic. You don't have to be, you know, as as a statistician's mindset, uh, you know, and, you know, you're not in this, you know, science, you're not doing science, stuff, but you need to be pragmatic. The easiest thing is, again, the A-B test. Like you say, all right, this makes, for example, um, turning the button uh, here, you know, color to it into green, you know, uh, makes my click rates increase. That's a pretty simple example. What you have to do is like, you know, just show randomly randomly is the keyword you randomly show one guy the green button the other guy the blue button and then if the green works better you're acting pragmatic just turn it green it means that like um you actually find out you know uh what works but you don't care about actually i, I don't know if that answers your question but like why seeing green makes people buy is not your you know um you don't care about it it's probably yeah. there's something in the behind, but like, you know, in businesses, you need to be pragmatic. Just, you know, uh, yeah, if and, that and works, I, it works. Yeah. And I, and I think there's, you know, there's certain things that uh, I don't need to know why something happens, you know, like why does blue make people click the button more over red or any of that type of stuff. But I think being able to say, well, this is actually the cause 
you know, that the blue was actually the reason they clicked more as opposed to uh, that it just happened to be a coincidence that, you know, the blue buttons got more click. Maybe it was yeah. the wording on the button was actually the cause that got them to click through more. Mm-hmm. And people thinking, oh, now our, all our buttons have to be blue. Well, no, you actually need to change yeah. all the wording on the yeah. button to that because that's yeah. what got them to click. Yeah. By the way, like if if you're doing this on the tech realm or like in a SaaS world, you like it's it's really easy to measure that because by the way, you don't change everything uh, at once. You need to change like you, you only can change the color, then understand, then change uh, you know the, the CTA, and it moves on like this. And like there is the term uh, that goes like um, statistically significant. When you divide, um, you know, that you can just uh, tech people listening to this would understand that. But like when you separate audiences randomly and if a ratio jumps up with a certain amount, like there are even um, free tools. If you just type Google, like if that's if my test is uh, statistically significant, there will be some free tools that gives you direct answers. Like you just type in. The number of people were subject to the test, the number of people clicked, you just type in and it says, yeah, that's significant. And then you can just take it. You don't need to be a statistic, you know, a yeah. maths guy to do it. You so know, I have a, just a crazy thought that ran through my head. So if I have a social media profile, like I'm out on LinkedIn, uh-huh. is it a matter of simply putting up a green banner as my header picture on my profile for a week and see how many people view my profile and then the next week do a blue banner you know if you will is that enough to do to gather information or how would i look at this like grow my social media presence yeah, uh, the, like normally, uh, if you wanted to work, like if that was your website, I would have recommended you to, you know, test this by, you know, in, in the same time because you know you you may you know, something might have changed uh, between those different time frames. But in LinkedIn, you don't have the, that control, so you cannot show right. uh, in the same time one guy the blue, the other guy the green. But again, just based on the growth mindset that I tried to explain, you can just test it, like. But just be careful about this. Um, for example, you have, I don't know, 1,000 views of your profile a week, right? It's, I'm just assuming it. Right. You need to understand, like, how many people, also, you know, you have, you know, like, how many people click connect button somehow, like, based on the number mm-hmm. of connections you got in LinkedIn. So you actually have there a conversion rate, like, say, like, just thinking about it like this. 1,000 people will uh, use your account. And then 10 clicks to, you know, connect you. So it's like a 0.1% conversion rate. So next time, let's say you change uh, the background color. uh, And then like you need to end the test whenever you, uh, you know, see that like 1,000 views are hit. Like if you have more than 10 people connecting you and that's a significantly more number, say like not just like point. 11 like but just trying to measure up from my head but like it needs to be somewhere around like 0.27 28 so if you see that it means that like there were some statistically significant change of you know improvement after you changed your background i got it so is it a coincidence then that growth marketing and growth mindset have share very sim- similar 
mindsets um, because it was uh, Carol Dweck who, who originally coined the the phrase growth <laughs> mindset versus having a fixed mindset. Is there an argument to be made that traditional marketing is a fixed mindset, if you will, versus growth marketing is more of this growth mindset? <laughs> We're picking well, I mean, that I fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't like to put it that way because you know, that would be it would be you know, it would be nice, let's say, like to be a nice guy here. But like, uh, just specifically talking about the growth side, right? Yes, I mean, like trying to grow. Uh, in an environment that's really crowded, you need to be really resourceful. And in order to be resourceful, you need to work with data. That's actually the essence of the growth mindset, right? You need to understand what makes you sell rather than like, oh, I think that makes me sell. It's, it's not enough in that world. So um, this applied to growth marketing is actually, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. But like it, today, it just kind of be come uh, rather than a mindset just become a tactical thing because there have been 20 years of like by the introduction of internet in like the early 2000s um, people were trying a lot of things so it's just become a tactical thing but it, you know in the same time I'm trying to say that like everything that's known for growth marketing as those tactics may go obsolete in just a couple of years time because like it may you know uh, some, let's say there's now, you know, ch chat GPT, AI stuff, uh, you know, there is now TikTok, like, which you've never heard before. So like uh, the median change, like everything can change all of a sudden. So the adaptation and then like, you know, is uh, becomes vital. And once you adapt, uh, you're actually playing the same game. You're working with data, understanding what sells and trying to implement, you know, more of that. That's actually can be applied to popcorn stand or just to apply to a, you know, huge corporation like Microsoft, Google, whatever you can think of. Yeah. You know, that, that's all. we're doing a lot of studying right now on our business development activities um, and putting a lot of metrics to things that we can control. So we're doing this LinkedIn reach out strategy right now to where we actually have the numbers behind, you know, how many reach outs re lead to a connection leads to somebody visiting a chapter and the lights and controlling uh, that and being able to see the results based off of activities. Now there's too many variables in there to really say why it's working, why it's not working, but at least gives us an indication of yeah. what can be done. What other crazy out of the box ideas can people use to look for different avenues to apply growth marketing to their business? Um, we're doing it from a, a business development you know, side of things leading to a sales call. Um, is there other areas of their business they should be looking at to, to try and apply this? Yeah. So, um, by the way, I mean, we are applying, like, I mean, we have a freemium side, for example, and then we have the enterprise side where you need to offer phone calls. So games are completely different than each other. Like one side you play with SEO, but, you know, then you need to pour in people in huge numbers so that you can have, you know, people converting by themselves. But on the other side, you know, like there's this term, uh, account-based marketing. You just come up with some target uh, accounts and just, you know, uh, do cold calls. And like you call a hundred of them, one uh, gets back on the phone, but like that deal is a couple of hundred thousands of, you know, dollars and like you get returns. So it uh, depends on what you're trying to sell. And where I'm like, uh, 
I like, you know, I'm going to talk about an example here, which I like the most. So uh, there's a business theory uh, that I've seen in a class. Uh, I don't know which you, you can find it on the internet or not, but like, it goes like elephants versus mice. So like, if you're selling mice, you need to sell them in bulk. Or like, if you're selling elephants, you can just sell a few and then you'll be making the same money. So different ends of that scale is completely different games. For example, just think about, you know, SpaceX, right? There's only a single sales guy is the uh, CEO, Elon Musk, because right. you're, you know, you're selling to governments. You don't, have, you don't need to have a big sales group. You, they won't be opening phone calls. Or like you don't care with SEO, right? But you, if you're selling, for example, I don't know, something um, cheap and in mass, you need to, you know, you need to do content marketing. You need to have SEO, like you cannot just call everyone for something that goes for $2. First, you need to understand this. But as you said, SMBs, I'm assuming that like they are, you know, uh, hanging in the middle stages because uh, uh, let's say, you know, in the middle, not elephants, not mice, but in the middle stage. So right. uh, I would I would like to call you from here. They're- Yeah, goats is a good idea, yeah. (laughs) Um, And like, um, if you go, you know, digital marketing, you know, you you need to have big budgets because it's getting expensive. It's stupid expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Content marketing, you need to have people writing. So I would be recommending something called account-based marketing, which is kind of a growing approach. So what you do is actually, you know, come up with potential, like look at your own customers, understand who buys from you, and try to find people that are, you know, similar to those people and just call them, send them emails. It's finding, you know, just target them on LinkedIn. It's free without spending any money. You can just pour people in. And thanks to the data stuff that you're using, you, you'll be able to understand if they're interested. And then, you know, you keep on targeting them. And like, just think about this. I target 10 companies. Uh, just two of them visits my company uh, website. Uh, and then I can just particularly target these two companies in LinkedIn or in Facebook, but only two of those companies and pour money in there. Otherwise, I mean, I could have just gone out there and like t- target everybody. Say I'm selling to some specific industry. I could have been, you know, trying to find needle in a haystack. But now I know that these two companies opened my email, so they might be interested. I'm just gonna, you know, pour my right. money yeah. down there. Yeah. So if. If our listeners are, are saying, it's like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, this blue guy is really smart. I need to start doing some of this stuff. What, as they're starting to implement growth marketing in their businesses, what are some of the common mistakes you've seen businesses ha- make when they started to try going down the growth marketing uh, uh, road? And then how do they avoid them? Yeah. Uh, the biggest mistakes I can say, I mean, I've done it myself as well, is the assumption side. Because Assume that like you have a, I don't know, uh, you have a long family run business, let's say, more like been out there more than 25 years. You will have a lot of assumptions about what works. Some of them are true. Some of them are may not be true. Uh, so once you're starting this, you need to really get your hands, you know, dirty with data. And even if you don't have data, like you need to done, do a lot of experimentation. Because assumptions may lead to, you know, a very wrong place even to make your business fail. Because you might think that, like, you know, for example, uh, uh, you know, some demographic in some particular uh, economic group is buying, but there might be something completely irrelevant that you didn't know is actually is the main driver. 
So like you were pouring money into wrong. So just get rid of assumptions. Assume that you're starting that business from scratch. Then experimentations uh, will become much fun and easier to do. Oh, I got to find this out. So you're don't look like you're that old of a guy, but I can't think that in elementary school, you grew up and said that I was going to get into data statistics, uh, analysis, and all of these numbers and things. How the hell did you get into growth marketing? Well, uh, it, it's not really off, is what you said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I used to, you know, I used to have a uh, SaaS startup. So, uh, you know, I'm coming from that end. So I've been the developer, I've been the CEO, everything for that company. And then it started to turn into a consultation business. I've been, you know, I've provided consulting services to all these companies out there, mainly SaaS. So actually, um, my initial uh, experience was on product management. So, um, because, you know, I was the guy de- dealing with everything. So someone had to be the product manager. I became the product manager. So then began my product management, care, uh, you know, work. So like more than 10 years I've dealt with that. And then uh, while dealing with product management, I argue a lot with marketing guys. So then, like, that journey actually pushed me down to growth marketing. Uh, so I don't know. That's, right now, my uh, I'm mainly dealing with salespeople. So probably next job I'm going to do is on sales. So, like, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it actually comes from this. Like, I, I was building products, uh, you know, and then the growth and sales was trying to sell that. So, and then while, deal, you know, I'm building a product, you talk with the product, you know, the people using the product a lot. And you got the sense of, you know, how it could be sold better. So that's kind of uh, how, it, how it all began. Someone had to do it. I've done it. So that's kind of the journey. And that's awesome. Man, this is some of that stuff that I could keep chasing you down a rabbit hole and asking a ton more questions. But at that point, I should be paying you for consulting services. So, um, you know, um, but this has been fascinating, but I've really, really enjoyed sitting down and talking with you and figuring this all out. Um, any last recommendations or anything that you would give our listeners about getting into growth marketing and using it in their business? Yeah. One thing, like just just try, start trying it. Be pragmatic. You don't have to know anything. Just try to you know understand the user, run some simple tests, and you'll you'll get the fun of it. And then, you know, it, it will just grow from there. Love it. Love it. How do people yeah. find you, Balut? Uh, just on LinkedIn, type my name and, you know, you'll get me. Awesome. And that'll be all in the show notes, guys. Balut, thanks yeah. for hanging out with us, brother. It's been a hell of a conversation. I actually learned quite a bit and hell, I took some damn notes. So, so I, I really appreciate you coming <laughs> on here and hanging out with us. <laughs> When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. 
there are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.